Welcome to Season 2 of the Spotlight Series. Don't just survive, thrive. Most of us have experienced challenging times in our lives, particularly over the last few months of 2020. The key is how we choose to respond, whether we merely survive or thrive. My name is Nicholas Steele, founder of JJP Talent Solutions, an Australian IT recruitment company. With over 20 years' expertise, I provide insights on how you can transform your career to the next level. The focus of season two is around reinvention and how we can thrive in the new normal. In this podcast, I speak to experts from a variety of professions, including HR, technology, marketing, and business coaching. I don't have all the answers. However, collectively, we can instill hope, clarity and inspiration. I hope you enjoy listening. I'm delighted to introduce Anna Chipperfield. Anna is Head of People and Culture at Business Depot and founder of Secret Women's Business. Today we're going to talk about the importance of being part of a tribe and also about reset planning. Anna, Thank you for joining me on season two, episode 12 of the Spotlight series, Don't Just Survive, Thrive. So Anna, please tell me more about you and your background and what you do. Sure. Well, I've got quite a varied background. I've worked um, in Australia and internationally in a variety of industries from construction through to retail and lots of others in between in more recent years, professional services. Um, but my role primarily in all of the, all of that has been operations and people management. And in more later years um, in professional services, I've really focused in on people management and culture, getting the best out of people, including owners of businesses. I'm currently head of people of, and culture at Business Depot, as you said, and um, responsible for supporting our culture internally working with our leaders to sustain a great place to work, which is really important to us. And I also help clients in a variety of ways, both culturally and lots of that sort of HR compliance side of stuff, which is really important. And second to that, I call myself the curator and connector with Secret Women's Business, which is a Brisbane-based women's community for business women. Yes, absolutely. And I'm part of that particular uh, community uh, joining in um, in January of this year. So let's start talking about women, uh, Secret Women's Business. So why, when and why did you set it up? What impact did you want it to have on the fem- female business community in Brisbane? Yeah, it's a really good question. So my co-founder, Megan Kelly, and I sat down, I suppose it's over four years ago now, And it was probably around the time that I started with Business Depot because I was really interested in to know how the women of Business Depot were getting out and about, creating sort of networks and things like that. And Megan and I and a couple of other um, original founding members, which weren't members at the time, sat around and we were talking about sort of how we were developing deeper relationships, who we were doing business with, how we really got to know people. And we found that The networking events around Brisbane just weren't cutting it for us. So we started to develop um, a process and a method where we would get together with a group of businesswomen very similar to us in an intimate and familiar environment and sort of develop this trusted relationship first. So 
The Secret Women's Business Community is really about relationship first and business second, and that's why we created it. Fantastic. And I know, well, when I first attended the the first couple of events, they're obviously in person, lots of nice drinks, uh, food platters. It was fantastic and, and friendly and very welcoming. And I also found as well that I I learned a lot because um, you have a presentation generally as well. So it's it was fantastic. And then, of course, COVID hit. So we couldn't meet mm. each other for food platters and fizz anymore. And it was actually that that I, you really, you're, the group of ladies really helped personally pull me through that and, and still do. But I think when it was, when it hit particularly hard in March and April, it was a really great network to, to be part of both then and, and now. So yeah. you, you talk sometimes about being part of a tribe, which I think secret mm. women's business would come into that that tribal uh, tribal description. So why do you think being part of a tribe is so important? So firstly, can I say um, we're not, even though we're a women's group, uh, the reason we're women only is just that we know that we kind of do connect differently to our very loved men um, and it's <laughs> it's certainly not to be exclusive to them I have lots of um, wonderful men within my my broader tribe um, but from a tribe specifically just knowing that there's this group of people that you can lean on share ideas with do business with brainstorm problems literally bring your whole self to to me is worth its weight in gold and often Business women like us who are either senior in a business or running our own show, um, we've got friends, we've got family, we've got other groups of people in our personal lives, but often they don't understand our business world. And so when you've got people around you who really do get it, you know, they get the ins and outs, they know what it's like to have employees, they know what it's like to have clients that can be difficult at times or perhaps we've got issues and problems that we've got to get through. And they also understand the little wins and things like that. That like-mindedness is just so crucial for, I think, a tribe around a business person. So when you have that really deep understanding of someone and that the, the different levers in their lives and you understand what it's like to run a business, that connection's just invaluable. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up about the men aspects as well. Because, yeah. Yeah, because men are important in our lives. Most of us are married in, yeah. in the Secret Women's Business Group. But also when you had the event for International Women's Day and you had the panel of four, what I particularly love that two of the panel were men. Yes. And of course... Uh, one of them was the husband of um, one of the secret secret women. <laughs> yes, yes. Which, which was fantastic. So it gave a much more balanced view, which is what International Women's Day is all about. It's not about women bleeding to the expense of men. It's about working together. So I think that's yeah. really, really important points there. And, and I think something that we talk about a lot um, as women is that, I mean, it's really obvious there are, there is a, still a lot of, and we we could do a whole other podcast on this, Nicola, so we won't get into too much of it, but there's this whole sort of equality thing still floating around and it's still we've still got a long way to go in getting, you know, equality on boards and in, in, in companies and things like that. 
But the men's side of it's really interesting because until we have uh, th- that sort of equal in the home front and all that kind of stuff, it's really hard for us to balance all that. And so one of the things that our tribe at Secret Women's Business really helps with is exactly that. We're working through that. We're all, some of us are parents and some of us have multiple businesses and some of us have older older parents we're looking after and so we're balancing all of this stuff and by the way the word balance is really overused but we've got this <laughs> <laughs> we've got this blend and so having a tribe where you can bring yourself fully to that and share everything from I had this crazy pickup from school today um, you know I've got this client that needs to call me at eight o'clock at night you know all that sort of stuff together that's where the real magic is. Absolutely. And I much prefer that word blend as opposed to balance. Mm. The the balance Absolutely. is kind of unachievable, really. Um, Completely. Obviously, you'd recommend Secret Women's Business and now having been a part of it, so would I. So how could listeners get involved uh, with the community? So at the moment, we are referral only. And the reason for that is we're trying to figure out a way to not do that. But we know that by having that intimacy and familiarity of each other and having the right, this sounds exclusive, it's not meant to be, but the right type of member, we're going to get really good traction with our um, tribe and we're going to be able to really help each other with our businesses um, on a day-to-day basis. And once you really get that connection between different people, you can pretty much pick up the phone to the right person at the right time and, and get that support you need. And that's the idea of this community. So the intimacy kind of means we get that connection deeper. So what we have to try and do is manage that. Um, And so at the moment we're managing that by having a bit of a strict kind of member policy where it's mostly referral only. However, if there is a businesswoman listening to us right now and they think, you know, I really need that, I don't have anything like that, we do have a bit of um, an induction sort of onboarding process that we can take them through to see if, it's right for them and we can give them an opportunity to be a part of it to see if it's right for them. So they would just need to contact me really through our website. Um, my email's there. I'm very, I don't hide much. So it's, it's pretty easy to get in contact with me um, and we can take them through it. That's fantastic. And I think as well that there is a benefit of having not a strict policy, but having that referral-based policy. So for example, that a lot of the women are from different areas of business, having uh, can provide different advice. And actually, when I started this podcast back in April, a lot of my initial guests, now including yourself, but at the beginning, where a lot of them were secret women's business. Mm. Uh, So from finance, psychology, etc, health, etc. So, um, and they were, despite only having known me a few months, were more than happy to get involved. So there was that support aspect there as well. Yeah, and it's a, and a fantastic um, podcast timing, really, for what you were trying to achieve. So, of course, you know, they're, they're willing to support the members um, however we well, however we can. But the other thing, too, that's interesting about Secret Women's Business is it's actually not for everyone because it is a bit of a commitment. You know, we do expect our members to turn up to things and some of our members really do get a bit of a false start. So we, we like to release our calendar at the start of a calendar year. And we also like to release it partway through the year because things change and COVID's definitely shown us that. <laughs> um, and they need to understand that the only way you get that really deep connection and that and you end up doing business with members within our community is you know them. And the only way to get to know them 
is to spend time with them. And if you're only coming once a year, um, you're not going to get that connection and people aren't going to know you. So that's a really important aspect of our community. Definitely. And I think there's very much that quid pro quo as well. So I had yeah. people been involved in the podcast, but also I've done business with people on the back of that as well. Yeah, um, great. So in insurance, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Perfect. It's, it's a kind of winning combination there. Yeah, So we're in 2020. Hopefully Mm. by 2030, we should definitely be out of this COVID situation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We will be. Um, But what what are your big plans? What's your goal for Secret Women's Business by 2030? When I first looked, I know you sort of sent me a bit of uh, an idea of what you were going to ask me today. And I saw 2030 and it didn't occur to me that was only 10 years away. And I know we're going to talk about planning in a second um, because that's the other part of of what I do at Secret Women's Business. But um, when I looked at 2030, I've I've said, have I planned this far out? I don't know. Um, But I have. Look, and it's a a fair way out, you think, 10 years. Um, It's not around the corner. But what it gives me the chance to do is visualise a lot broader and, and, and look at it without having to worry about the nitty gritty. And so I would love to see more of our communities uh, the Brisbane community, elsewhere. I would say everywhere, but who knows, um, where we are coming together, this group of business women to support each other around our goals, around our businesses, what, collaborate, whatever it might be. Um, we use each other's services, anything to do with business. Um, and most importantly, that women supporting women stuff. You know, we talked a little bit more about the journey that we're on for equality at the moment, and I don't tend to get on that bandwagon a lot, but I think I can I can really see how important that is for now and into the future is women supporting women. So that's the goal. So throughout Australia or on a global scale? Well, who knows? I mean, I'm one of these people that will just take an opportunity as it comes, so we'll just see how it goes. And at the moment we're focusing on a way that we can reach women throughout Australia. Um, but, you know, if there was someone sitting in the UK and I happen to know them through past lives and they're happy to stay in the cold, I'm happy to talk to them about <laughs> doing secret <laughs> women's business. I'll come and visit in the summer. <laughs> as we've discovered as well, you don't have to physically be there. We can no. all be connecting. Uh, it's just the time zones, really, that are, are the issues yeah. there. Yeah, true. And it's really interesting, Nicola, because there's a a group of us who can't wait to get back together. And in Queensland, um, you know, we're very, very lucky at the moment that we we can have some controlled gatherings. And so there's a number of members that are biting at the bit to get back into a a premises and sit around with the sparkling wine and um, some cheese platters, which we're renowned for. And, but then there's other women that are really, really comfortable with Zoom and happy to do everything via Zoom or via some sort of online platform. So, yeah, it's a real combination. I think I'm probably sit, sit on the fence. <laughs> bit, of a, um, bit of both, I reckon. Bit yeah, absolutely, definitely. And I agree with you as well. Say yes and then work it out along yeah. the way. Say yes yeah. first and then figure out how you're going to do it. Absolutely. So we were talking 10 years time. Now, when I first met you, Anna, you were talking about the 100 year journey and about planning and accountability. So tell me a little bit more about this concept of the 100 year journey. Sure. 
So I believe in planning and I believe in having your sights on the future and what that looks like. So focusing on the future gives you insight into how you'll make decisions now. So it's like a compass, really. And so the 100-year journey or the 100-year plan is really a model that I'll tell you sort of where it came from, but it's setting yourself up for your future and, and living now and through that journey. So it's a concept where you consider what your life looks like if you were to live 100 years or longer. And where this came from was I listened to a podcast this podcast for everything these days, um, a few years ago now where there was a guy, a leadership coach who I think is probably in his 70s now called Dan O'Sullivan. He's an American guy and he was talking about living way past 100 years of age and he believes he's going to live to 150 or something like that. And it was about the fact that should that happen, what would we need to consider in relation to our health and our wealth and our purpose and our social connections and how differently would we need to plan if we knew we were going to be living so much longer? Because most of us at the moment think, oh, 80. When I ask a the question, they go, oh, I might live to 80. And then I'll say, well, what if you were to live longer than that? Like what if you were to live another 10 years or another 20 years? Have you thought about that? And that's where the 100-year journey came from. And so... What I started to do with that, it's kind of morphing a little bit over time now, but as secret secret women's business, we use it. I also use it with employees and I use it with clients and I use it through coaching people around sort of five pillars of a plan, their health and wellness, their lifestyle and those important relationships, so their family, business and career, and often this is where the purpose comes in. And then you've got personal development, which is also can be aligned with purpose, and wealth and finances. And so I take people through this concept of visualising what that life looks like someday, so right, right out, and that might be, you know, that 100 years or more. It's a pretty far way, fair way out, so you can pretty much visualise anything really. But what I notice with a lot of people when they visualise what is it like when you're 100 years of age or you're 90 years of age and they say, well, I want to be healthy, I still want to be independent, I want to have enough financials to be comfortable, I don't want to rely on anybody, I spend time with my family now, I have grandchildren um, and I'm doing something I enjoy and it might be travel or it might be painting or it might be gardening or whatever and usually that's the common thing. Then what we try and do is take them backwards right to now and that's the whole planning concept to identify what we need to do to achieve that someday. We need to think about now what we might need to change. It might be a health example, it might be a finance goal or something like that to keep you on track to get you all the way to that euphoric moment at 100 (laughs) or 150 Um, without forgetting to enjoy the journey along the way. So we go through a different sort of mapping process depending on the person. They might map out five years, they might map out 10 years, they might map out 20 years. And what I find is a really interesting concept when we do this is they put all of their family age groups on this map. And you notice with parents and even people with older um, family members, where the different milestones might turn out, when the kids leave home or when they you have to stop paying for school fees and, you know, all these kind of things. Or when mum and you might have to have some conversations about, you know, your elderly parents getting some care or whatever it might be. So it's a really great exercise to give people focus and it helps people make decisions. Yeah, definitely. A bit like Benjamin Button working back in time, you know, yeah. the film. Yes, um, I do. Yes. 
And I remember the events where you, when I first heard about this with you was a Girl Shape Flames event. So we had lots of mm. teenage girls there who were aged yes. like 13 to 16. And I think that whole 100-year concept was just, I mean, it was a big deal for me, but for them it was just huge. Mind-blowing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So 100 years, but currently everything over the last six months has radically changed to mm. from January of 2020. So on Secret Women's Business, for example, as members, we put what we wanted to do in 2020 and it was slow down, take a break, all that kind of thing. Mm. Well, we got it. <laughs> so we did, yes. But you don't always want what you wished for, do you sometimes? <laughs> um, no. Seriously, it, everything has radically changed. So what advice would you give to keep on track your key goals um in the short term short to medium term yeah look I think it is it does depend on someone's circumstances whether they are able to look at this but I but a reset and a review um and let yourself off the hook you know if you didn't get somewhere I think it's okay sometimes people are in a bit right now sometimes people can be in um a survival mode right now so maybe planning and looking forward is really difficult for them but others could be coming out of it so maybe planning blocks would be something that we're we're certainly doing where it's six months at a time and the longer end goal is still there that 20 year that sometime goal that 100 years or whatever it can still sit there and it can still be you know you still got it in your sights but I think remaining flexible right now is probably the best way to navigate all of this and what's going on. And I guess actually thinking about the 100-year plan to be 100 but still be fit and independent, mm. you don't suddenly want to take up smoking, drinking, fast food and just sitting on the sofa all the time. Yeah. Um, or similarly, arguing with your spouse or your children because you're not going to have those healthy relationships or yeah. spending you know all what? your money. <laughs> well, that's right. Exactly. And that's the idea is you need to plan for the future so that your future is in mind all the time. And you know what? We don't know a lot about this COVID disease and you could debate it till you're blue in the face, but you don't want to get it. It might not be good for your future to get it. So maybe we do follow the medical advice and and wear masks where needed and keep social distancing. You know, that's really important for the next six months, probably longer. Yeah, definitely. So from a people and culture perspective, which is your your day job, so to speak, what changes have you observed over the, the last few months? I think for business owners, if I take it from that perspective, um, they've needed to navigate JobKeeper. Uh, they've had declines in sales, some of them. They've had issues with customers. They've got staff who they need to keep informed and they've got to manage them differently. So I've been saying to a lot of my clients lately just that to go slow. So something I've observed is that they've they've had to go really quickly. They've had to get themselves into a different position, you know, that kind of lockdown scenario. And we rushed all the way into that, right? We, we really had to get going quickly. But now we don't need to rush back. And I think Melbourne, unfortunately, is a really good, or Victoria is a really good example of this, is it's no point rushing into something when we've still got this uncertainty. We need to take our time, go with the flow a little bit, make plans, understand our options, get some advice if we need to, but don't feel like you've got to rush. I think that goes slow that we started off the year off. It's still relevant right now. 
Yeah, that's really, really interesting. March and April, we were going at such a speed and everything was changing mm. on an almost hourly basis. Yep. And it was scary, but it was almost exciting at the same time. Uh, but now it is does seem to be a slower kind of process, so almost like waves. Yeah, exactly. And I think it is important just to pace ourselves. And and that that sort of comment I made before about when you're planning, if you plan in chunks and then revisit, you know, and I think that we can then be a bit more, we can pivot a bit more if we need to. And being kind to yourself as well. Absolutely. Um, the goal that you had for September 2020, uh, there's been a few spanners in the work, so to mm. speak. And in terms of you, a lot of your clients are small businesses. So mm-hmm. what would you see, say are the key issues um, facing them at the moment? Yeah, look, that's a really big question. Um, and depending where they are and what they're doing, their experience is going to be different. So in Queensland right now, we're okay. We're doing okay. In Victoria, it's a very different story. And so I think, you know, in fairness, I think the government are trying their best and they've done a really good job of supporting from a financial perspective. And now I, I'm going to notice there's some mental health stuff coming out. So that's all really good. And remember, off the back of this was the bushfires. So we've got, you know, our resilience is running thin. And many small businesses in Victoria, unfortunately, are not going to reopen, you know, and that's really, really sad. So keeping afloat is probably one of the biggest issues for a lot of small businesses. And I know if I can support a small business in any way, even with my spending choices, and again, we're in a lucky position, some of us in in Queensland, I try to do that. So, yeah, and I think I know that um, Business Depot, the way we're supporting um, small businesses, and I think that this is the biggest thing is whether it's through advice, whether it's making it easier for them, whether it's saving them money by helping them with their financials, whether it's helping them with their teams, as long as we feel like we're helping and we're and, and they're feeling like they've got some support, I think that that will really help a lot of these businesses go through this sort of second wave if they survive, unfortunately. Definitely. It's challenging times at the moment. Mm. Well, thank you very much for sharing your insights, Anna. Is there anything else uh, that you'd like to share? I suppose two things to take away. Don't underestimate the value of a tribe and of planning for the future. So, you know, we've got to adapt to a new normal and we don't really know what that looks like yet and I think it will evolve over time. But we still want to live our life to the fullest as much as we can. So consider a couple of questions. One is who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they the right people? Do they feel like a tribe? And do you know where you're headed? What works as your compass? What's that longer-term plan that you have in your sights? That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Anna. You're welcome. Good to talk to you. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review. If you're looking for career advice, your next career opportunity or to grow your tech team, then please call me, Nicholas Steele, on 0499 773 546 or go to our website, jjptalent.com.au. The Don't Just Survive Thrive podcast is part of the Spotlight series, which includes the YouTube channel Spotlight on Software Development. If you want more insights into the software industry, particularly tech startups, then subscribe to the Spotlight on Software Development YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Mm -hmm.